Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, February 28th. And wow, lots of new developments in the Bravo landscape since yesterday. And I'm sorry that uh, I, I started a little disheveled. It's because I tried really hard to wait to start Love is Blind until after the show because I really want to I want to binge three new episodes, episodes seven through ten. However, no, not seven through ten. Episodes ten through twelve? I can't remember. Hopefully they give us 47 episodes. So I'm halfway through the first of the new batch of episodes. And wow, when I tell you, I was just blown away by this one uh argument between a couple. I'm not gonna get into it yet. But I need to talk about Love is Blind this week. So I need to know from you guys if I can talk about it tomorrow. I feel like if you guys get today, maybe I'll leave. I think I have to talk about it tomorrow because by Friday, it's old news. We've got to talk about it tomorrow. Um, Thank you so much for being here. And for those of you that subscribed yesterday because you're watching without being subscribed, I can't tell you how much it means to me. I have a goal. My goal is to get to 15,000 by the end of March. Let's see if we can get there. We have about 600 people to get, but I feel like it could happen. I feel like we could get there as long as, you know, tell tell a friend, you know, it just go into every single account that you know on your, um, like in your family, if your kids have YouTube accounts, if your husbands have YouTube, like it doesn't matter. Just go on and just subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. Okay. Is that thirsty of me? If it is, it ain't near as thirsty as Leah McSweeney, but we'll get there in just a little bit. Ah. This week's episodes are sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Daylight savings time is starting up again for most states. The goal is to give us more daylight from March through November, and I'm telling you, I feel it. I feel it coming closer and closer. Yesterday, I, I think it was like six, six something, and I was walking the dogs. I was so It was so nice to be out of the house after 6 p.m. without it being completely pitch dark. But even though we feel like, you know, there's extra day, we actually still are lacking the hours in the day to get everything done. And I I wonder if I go on ZipRecruiter and ask for someone to come and do my laundry. And I'm serious. Like, I don't want a housekeeper every day. I don't want a nanny. I just want a person to come in, fold the laundry, and then leave. One hour every three days. Because those kids of mine, man, they create laundry. But you guys can uh, find your own assistant or anyone that works for you at ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-N-A. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-N-A. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ding. I always like just like making a little ding at the end of my ads. I love my sponsors. 
I really do. You guys don't understand. The fact that I am running a daily podcast that is large enough that advertisers like HelloFresh, ZipRecruiter, Factor, um, uh, so many over the kitsch, like so many Babbel that I've worked with and will continue to work with, like the fact that they are coming and wanting to sponsor my show, it's not something that I take for granted. I just want you guys to understand that because this is uh, such uh, so much work. It's so much work and it's actually so... It takes a lot um, of mental, like running and hosting a daily talk show and podcast and just putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and honest and just yourself. Like it really, it really is quite a, um, it takes a toll, a positive and negative, right? And so I'm so grateful for all the sponsors that cover the show. Really am. You guys are saying you love my hair. So if you're watching on YouTube, I want to show you guys what I did today. Okay. If you're a hairdresser, please don't get mad at me. I just recently cut my hair about a week and a half ago. I've got like a what they call a lob. It's not a bob. It's not long. It's a lob. I want it almost a little bit shorter, to be honest. But the front of my hair was just long and it was matching, right? And I wanted a little bit more layers. So guess what? Guess what your girl did? I pulled like the front section of my hair. I twisted. I twisted. I obviously missed this piece and I cut. I cut about this much off the the front section of my hair. This part was probably not there. Okay. And let me just tell you something. I am lucky because my hair grows very fast. My nails grow very fast. Um, so while all that's good and I know it will grow back fast, it's not good for your um, bank account. Because if you guys think that this blonde is natural, you're right. No. You know I get my hair done all the time. Mark says that I have a new sponsor, Frankel, Glanville, and McSweeney, for all your reality lawsuit needs. We need to create a commercial. This needs to be an SNL skit. Like, you, I don't know where you guys live, but here in Los Angeles, there's billboards everywhere. Like, gotten a crash? Call a rash. Or like call Jacob, you know, it's always the same people or it's that baby gorgeous, not baby gorgeous, sweet baby James. Remember he was married to the housewife on OC, the, the Noel, what was her name? Noel. Um, I feel like you're right. Frankel. Oh my God. This is so good. Frankel, Glanville and McSweeney here to solve your reality TV problems. Got too drunk on set. Call us by mistake. Did a little cocaine. Call us. Ate pork when there was vegetables and fruit offered as well. Call us. We're gonna have a quite a quite a ride today, you guys, because we have got some stories. We've got some stories. Let's start with a lot of you guys sent me DMs last night about Jeff Lewis and Gage, his ex and baby daddy of Monroe. Jeff Lewis talks very, very openly on his show about the um the court cases and the issues that he has. Now, I am blessed blessed and lucky to be in a marriage where I don't have to, you know, worry about we're not sharing children custody da, da, da. I don't have to worry about that. However, when I was a child, I was a child of divorce, right? 
My parents got divorced when I was so freaking young. And to be honest, my mom always had full-time custody. And my dad was very happy with that because my dad didn't care. But I can only imagine what that is like for, you know, Jeff and Monroe and Gage. Now, we hear Jeff's side of the story. If you listen to Jeff Lewis, you're hearing Jeff's side of the story. Gage doesn't have a big platform. However, I can pretty much guarantee that, well, what Jeff says is 100%, not 100% maybe the the truth because he has a bias. He's coming from his own side. I get the feeling that Gage is um, spiteful and really out there to kind of take Jeff down. We know Jeff makes more money. We know Jeff is very open and um, kind of filter free about a lot of things when it comes to Gage and the daughter, which I'm not a huge fan of. I think it's actually really probably not the smartest thing to talk about your child's dad or mom on a radio show that you know that she's going to grow older and be able to Google. Like, And when I say grow older, we always used to think, oh, when she's 18 or whatever, come on, my sons are Googling now. My eight-year-old Googles, you know, all kinds of sports facts. Like you, you don't think he would Google? Oh my gosh, yeah. My eight-year-old son the other day Googled me. He Googled me and like while that, thank God he didn't see anything like on Reddit or horrible things, but he saw, you know, all my podcast stuff and my Instagram or whatever. Like I'm sure Monroe's going to Google her dad's names in the next like year or two. <laughs> like I feel like it's going to happen real fast. Anyway, um, it is a pretty, pretty awful litigious, bad experience. It's like Gage and Jeff are the new or the like, I'm sorry, Leah and Brandy and Andy are the new Gage and Jeff in terms of litigious. The amount of money that Gage, that Jeff spends for his attorneys is like, it makes you want to die. Now, I think we need to deep dive into how much money we think Jeff makes. Jeff Lewis Let's let's talk about this for just one second. I'm always so interested in how much money people make. Okay, Jeff Lewis has a serious radio show. And remember, he also has a Jeff Lewis extended channel, which is all his archives. You know he's getting paid for that in some capacity. He has two hours on a radio show and he's very, very popular. I would argue right behind Howard Stern. I think he probably makes a killing. He also has Flipping Out the lead of that show. Obviously, he's probably an executive producer, I would imagine. He's making a gang of money from that. Then he also has clients, right? Design clients or real estate projects. He owns houses. He sells houses. And I would argue that he probably makes money in other ways, maybe appearances, his $10,000 $10, dinners. Like, this, and then, you know, he did the Afresh commercials and this and that. Oh, this is interesting. Kathy says Jeff is worth $16 million. I'm going to guess more. $16 million feels low for Jeff. I'm guessing he's making a lot of money. I think more than that. That's just my guess. But what I always like to think about with Jeff is think about what his payroll looks like in terms of who's under him. You know what? I wonder if he uses ZipRecruiter. Jeff Lewis has Shane. Obviously, we know Shane. He has multi, like probably five more people that work for him in his home, in his office, like at least five, right? Those, you know, like his daily people. 
his housekeepers, his this and this and that. Then he has, he pays every single person that's on his show, every single appearance, $500. Okay. So every time you hear, just say today, John Hill and Kristen Takeman, that's $500 each. He pays them. That's two people at least. It's usually two people per show. So that's usually four people a day. So he's spending $2,000 a day just to do his radio show. Unless Sirius is make, is paying him, is paying them. But I think Jeff pays them. Um, I'm sure he can write it all off or whatever. But still, he has his bookkeepers. He has, obviously, his attorneys. You know he has um, other people that, like, are on his, in his team, managers, agents, whatever real estate like this guy he probably spends his monthly nut <laughs> i hate saying that my nut he pays so much money that would stress me the f out you know what they say though you know who said it i think it was biggie Mo- or maybe it was p diddy who who we shouldn't talk about right now because he's a disgusting human being apparently Mo money, mo problems. Was that Biggie? Mo money, mo problems. So that's why if you're just like me, you try to have no money. <laughs> you try to beg for people to, uh, you know, support you. Okay, just kidding. So let's get into, uh, oh yeah, so Jeff and Gage went to court yesterday. Sorry about that whole I had to, I had to vent. I mean, not vent. I had to like dissect his finances. He went, it was Biggie. Thank you. He went to court yesterday and everyone was sending me DMs because Gage, the evil Gage, and I really think he's evil because he, he's just seems spiteful and angry and making Jeff's and Monroe's life hell. Apparently he says things to Monroe about Jeff. Like it's just bad, 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 bad. Gage posted a story on his Instagram, I don't follow him, but someone sent it or posted it on our Facebook group saying, great day today with a margarita. Well, of course, you're going to see that and you're going to say, oh, shit, that means Jeff had a horrible day. However, in a shocking turn of events, we find out that both Jeff and Gage seemed to have a great day. And thank you, Ray. Ray has sent me um, a a breakdown that someone had posted in a Facebook group. And he basically said it was a tough and emotional day. He said the judge was making weird comparisons of Elon Musk and Beyonce. Now, this is so funny because he basically said, even though both of you guys make money, let's talk about two people that are very rich. Imagine if you're Elon Musk and Beyonce. Yes, Beyonce is incredibly successful, but Elon Musk next to Beyonce is like, oh, whoa, dude. And Jeff was so funny because he was like so caught up in the idea that he said, wait, I'm not Beyonce. I'm Elon Musk. Like how rude. I should be Beyonce. Uh, it's so funny. Jeff Jeff really does make me laugh. I'm sorry. I mean, you may hate him as a human being. I don't. I think he's entertaining AF. Um, he was talking all about Gage's attorneys. That one attorney sounds like a horrible human being. And then they decided afterwards, they decided to go to um, like a mediation room. Just Jeff Gage and Jeff's attorneys, I guess Gage's attorneys, pieced out. And they figured out a nice custody agreement. They said that they were able to work together. Jeff seems like a really good dad. The fact that he says, I will pay for Monroe's education. I will pay for Monroe's tennis lessons. I will do anything for Monroe financially. Like that is not a problem whatsoever. I can't even explain to you 
as a, as a daughter of a dad that had the financial means. And if you guys have heard my Patreon story, you know the story about my dad. But my dad was making in the 80s over $400,000 a year. 400000 in the 80s. So that's like multimillionaire or millionaire at least here now in the in where we are now. And we got nothing. We got like $200 a month. And it was just so that he like could avoid going to jail because he went to jail a couple of times because he wasn't paying. So the fact that like this man, Jeff, is always like just anything I can do to pay for Monroe, that will always be like a mensch to me, you know? Anyway, um, they had a really nice conversation. They got along. And I think that uh, that made me happy. That made me happy for Jeff. Anytime you hear like a good custody situation, I think it's good. Um, Gage, on the other hand, mm, him dating Scott, Jeff's other ex, it's just too incestuous for me. It's giving Vanderpump rules, Scandy. It's like, it's, it just isn't, it's like, are there not enough gay guys in the world? Are there not enough good looking men here in Los Angeles? Come on. It's killing me. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, well, just like small stories. Uh, did you guys see Kristen Cavallari? He's a new boyfriend. I am really into Kristen Cavallari. Have I talked to you guys about that? I think she is so freaking stunning. I think she's gorgeous. I think she's fun. I think she's her, her podcast is a blast to listen to. If I could look like a celebrity, I think it, I would pick Kristen. I think Kristen is the guy, is the guy. Kristen is the girl that like, to me is goals in terms of physicality and also just seems like a, a baller, like a businesswoman. She gets it to me. Anyway, she's 37 and she's dating a 24 year old athlete. Okay. I'm 42. So that's five years younger than me. So that would be me dating a 29 year old. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it. 24 especially is so young. It's giving Luann and Joe Bradley. I just don't know if I could do it. Andrew says, I love her, but her voice is grating. Steven, you mean the, the like um, vocal fry? It's like a little vocal fry, right? Well, I'll take her for you, Andrew. Don't worry. Don't worry. Anyway, they're in Cabo and parting it up. And there is this one person on TikTok and I shared, I reposted her post yesterday. And if you guys are on TikTok at all, you would know who she is. She does flow charts of all these big stories. Like she'll take a whiteboard and she'll literally put Kristen Cavallari and she'll do flow charts of every single guy she's dated and then who they have dated or ended up marrying or who their parents are. And then another guy that she dated and had a relationship with and then a rumor with this person and that person. It's incredible. Like Kristen Cavallari is literally the new Kevin Bacon, like six degrees of Kristen Cavallari. Everyone and anyone that's like in the Hollywood world has a connection to Kristen Cavallari. Give me a celebrity. I'll, I'll get your connection to Kristen Cavallari in the, um, in the, uh, what's it called? Comments. I'm telling you, it's really crazy. She has been just so connected to so many people through different industries. I really like her. I really like her. Okay. Speaking of liking someone, you know who I don't like? Brandy Glanville and Leah McSweeney. 
Now, before I get into it, I would like to say one thing. I got a lot of, uh, I would say, not mean, but disagreeing comments with my conversation about Brandy Glanville and Andy Cohen. Back in the, you know, last week when Brandy had first released the lawsuit, okay? A lot of comments saying, this is sexual harassment. He was her boss. He is a disgusting person. He's awful. This, this, that, this, that. Okay. I have said it now a few different times, and I'm going to say it one more time before we get into this next story so that, you know, I'm going to hopefully stop the comments before they start. I do not in any way condone Andy Cohen's behavior. And I absolutely do not think that he is necessarily the most stand-up man from life or death. Like he's he's not, you know, someone that I would want on the Supreme Court. Well, maybe I would want him on the Supreme Court now that I think about it. He's not someone that I would maybe tell my son, like, look up to everything he does. However, he is very successful and he's really made a name for himself and he seems like a good dad. So maybe I would. Okay, well, I'm saying like 100% he's not everything, but there are certain things that people should really get canceled for, in trouble for, fired for, et cetera, okay? However, I don't believe that what we're seeing right now are the things. I believe Andy Cohen is serving as the face of this huge, you know, media world of Bravo, And when I say Bravo, I don't mean like Bravo NBC Universal. I mean Bravo because it's like the world of the housewives and all these shows that these women got fired off of. And this is, this is where, you know, this is where I'm going with it. So do I think Andy is, um, you know, the most admirable, amazing person? Absolutely not. But I also think people are way too Sue happy way too litigious, and way too offended in 2024. Way too offended. In, and it's it's getting to a point where it's like, it's getting like, do I sue you because, should I sue you because I don't get enough uh, views on my YouTube? I'm going to sue YouTube. I'm not getting enough views. Mm-mm. You know what? I'm going to sue uh, my gardener because I found a leaf uh, outside the door. Suing him doing him. Okay. Let's get into this. The first story that kind of came out yesterday was the story of Brandy Glanville's texts with Andy Cohen were apparently leaked. These are the text messages that she had first talked about last week on Thursday when she sued him. She said that he had sent her a text message that basically says, you know, a video with her with Kate Chastain and him, they were inebriated, they were having fun, and they were saying, you know, let's, uh, let, uh, we, we were, we want to have sex and we want you to, you know, watch, uh, watch or whatever. And all we had heard from Andy saying it was inappropriate. However, you know, she was in on it. And uh, apparently, according to, uh, you know, the source, the text messages, have been leaked. And Brandy, in fact, responded and said, you know, um, what was the actual words? Um, uh, This always happens right before the show starts where all of my uh, articles get thrown into a 
big old mix. Hold on. The words were something along the lines of, you know, she's down. She's having fun with it. She would want to have fun with it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. The truth about Andy Cohen's X-rated message. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star replied to the host video with her own very risque joke before later accusing him of sexual harassment. She basically said, after he sent over that video, she said, and this is just sources, so I don't really know what that means. It's probably Kyle Richards because anytime you hear a source, I think it's Kyle Richards now. Um, Cohen and Chastain were fully clothed at a party with friends when they sent this video message. They weren't in bed like uh, naked, you know, with drugs and alcohol surrounded them, surrounding them. She responded and said that she would bring her hot dildo. Dildo. Guys, does anyone have a dildo? I mean, I know vibrators are all the rage with the women, at least like my circle. Okay. Um, how can, in any way, how can Brandy have any legs to stand on? She was not pressured to respond. How many times can we just like not respond? Or just she could have liked it or loved it. She's writing, oh, I'll bring my hot dildo. I'm sorry. To me, that is clear indication that you are not only um, in on it, but you are enjoying it. Like you're, you're a willing member of this conversation. Anna Marie says, what's the difference between a dildo and a vibrator? In this day's, in this week's episode of Daily Dose of Donna, I will be creating a flowchart of how every dildo and vibrator in America connects to Chris and Cavallari. One has batteries and one does not, Stephanie says. And you're right. And a dildo does not. And for me, I personally enjoy a battery without saying much because batteries to me, are a technological advancement of, you know, it gets the job done faster, okay? Is this TMI? Can't wait to hear what people have to say about this one. Explicit language. You know what? Leah's probably going to sue me. Leah McSweeney will sue me because I'm talking about vibrators on Daily Dose of Donna. She'll find a way. Okay, now. That text message comes out yesterday. And of course, of course, my thought in that moment is duh, duh, and duh. Because there's no way that Brandy Glanville has held on to this text message for two years, shocked and offended over this kind of behavior. F no, okay? F no. Oh my God, Michelle says your 70 Reddit accounts are gonna go wild with this. That's true. Every single Reddit account out there is mine. I'm behind every one of them. You guys, you don't know my side my side business back here. I've got five. I hired them on ZipRecruiter. They're all sitting on the floor right now on Reddit talking about me. Okay? Just so you know. Um, if you're watching the replay, please go and check out the live chat. You're getting a sex education. Just putting it out there. Let's move on. <laughs> Meanwhile, yesterday, out of nowhere, we hear from page six, and I posted on my Instagram stories with the NSYNC song, here we go, one more time, everybody's feeling fine, here we go, yeah, yes, yes, here we go, NSYNC has got the flow. Leah McSweeney has now slapped Andy Bravo, NBC Universal, and all of these with another lawsuit where she mentioned many things. Now, 
the first thing that comes out in the news is this the story about cocaine. Okay. Why? Because as, and I'm going to show you a video in just a second from the lovely Kiki Monique from the talk of shame, because she breaks it down really, really well. What Leah is actually suing Andy for. However, in this moment, Andy Cohen, you know, what the news likes to go with usually are these kind of really, um, they like to take the most crazy and wild conversation. Like, for example, Brandy's legal letter towards Bravo, NBC Universal, Andy, everything had a lot of information in it. But what we read in the news everywhere was about this one phone call with Andy Cohen, just like this one thing about cocaine. Now, it says this uh, this housewife's bombshell, I don't think it's a bombshell lawsuit at all, says it paints a damning picture of the behind-the-scenes culture at Bravo as a dis- as a dysfunctional club, it's called a clubhouse, and it is dysfunctional, I think everyone can admit that, that thrives off hard drugs, encourages alcohol abuse, and turns a blind eye to sexually predatory behavior. Okay. I don't do drugs. Okay. I don't, the only drug I've ever done after, outside of alcohol is cocaine, cocaine. Oh my God. I, I swear I've never done cocaine. I'm too scared of it. Um, marijuana. I've done like gummies, I've smoked joints, I've drank drank drinks, and I have done mushrooms, but not like a full mushroom, like I've microdosed. That's the most I've ever done, okay? I'm not personally a cocaine fan. Am I shocked by it? Guys, no. Everyone I know has done it in their life at some point. Like, I think I am an anomaly. I think, in, especially here in Los Angeles, growing up here in LA, like in Beverly Hills, everyone around me did Coke. So it's not surprising to me whatsoever. But, and then also such a big part of Watch What Happens Live is around the alcohol and drinking. The Shotskis take a drink every time someone says, there's a bartender. I mean, that's, when I went to go see Watch What Happens Live here in LA a few years ago, they serve you drinks right before you go into the clubhouse. I don't know if they do that in New York, but it's like, it's a very alcohol friendly culture over there. Um, It says court documents filed on Tuesday by one of its former stars, Leah McSweeney, even claim it's an open secret that the network's figurehead, Andy Cohen snorts cocaine with a, someone help me pronounce this coterie, Coterie, C-O-T-E-R-I-E, I would imagine a selection, a group of his favorite Real Housewives stars and doles out special professional favors to his employees come personal party pals. Now, I have a hard time with that, come personal. Employees dash C-U-M dash personal. Especially with our conversation today, we're back on the sex education. It's a little too much for me, but this is in page six, so not my words, theirs. It's also saying that a different senior producer routinely sends unsolicited unsolicited pictures of their genitalia to lower-level production employees. Now, that is wrong. No question. But Andy Cohen doing cocaine, allegedly, with friends that happen to be on the show is absolutely, in my opinion, it's not necessarily, again, admirable, but is that such a crazy, crazy claim? And what? Like, and so what? So he does cocaine with people who willingly choose to do cocaine. If he offered me cocaine and I was on one of his shows and I knew that, like, I wanted him to employ me, I would still say no. Was he in Dorit's bathroom? 
Do you think he was in Dorit's bathroom at that dinner party? They're all doing cocaine, I think. Um, she it also says that she claims that the network preyed on her alcohol problem. So if you guys remember, Lee McSweeney was in that reality reckoning documentary that we had to like torture ourselves through, not as much as we have to torture ourselves through Vanderpump rules, but it was it was a toughie. It was a toughie because it's all Bethany Frankel's TikTok. Like that's all it is. And Leah talks about in this that she felt like she had an alcohol problem. We know this. She was an alcoholic. Then she was sober for like seven years. She started to drink on her own before Bravo cast her, okay? When she came onto Real Housewives of New York and subsequently ruined that show, in my opinion. It wasn't Ebony, you guys. It was 100% Leah, in my opinion. She's awful. I never I never liked her. She, um, she is... She comes onto the show and completely gets obliterated drunk and throws the tiki torches naked at, you know, was it Ramona's Hampton's house? Okay. This in no way is Bravo's fault. Why is it that some people can be on those shows around all the same alcohol and never be drunk? Why is it that some of them cannot? Be around that alcohol without falling over drunk, i.e. Sonia, Luann, Leah, and so many others on different on, on different um, networks. But New York, I feel like, is the worst of them with that. It's because some of them have problems with alcohol, I think. Like, I don't think anyone could deny that Sonia has a tendency to overdrink that Luann used to have a major tendency to overdrink. And so did Leah. So like, this is, this bothers me. This is like me going and suing the bartender because they offered, they served me a drink when I asked for it. There's alcohol available. I chose to go in there and then I ordered the drink. Drives me crazy. Um, it feels very like, you know, trying to get something. This is coming just a few days, of course, after the Brandy Glanville lawsuit. And to me, it feels what I call desperado and thirsty. I do. I do. Let's talk about this. Oh, Dorinda too, you guys. It's so funny. Why are they all in New York? Can anyone else tell me about like other Real Housewives do we see anything like crazy on any of the other Real Housewives? I mean, of course, we remember Kim Richards. Interesting, right? Um, I I know they tried to make Sonia come off like an alcoholic, and not Sonia Sutton come off as an alcoholic on Beverly Hills this season, which was an attempt by Kyle to take her down, and it didn't work. I don't know of any other else. Oh, Marisol. But here's the thing about Marisol. Marisol jokes about her cockies and her drinks all day long in Miami, but I never actually feel like I'm seeing Marisol get hammered. Like, I feel like I just don't see it. It's almost like she likes to talk about it more than she likes to drink it. Um, okay, so a couple things. Leah McSweeney has come out with an Instagram post. And as of last night, the only housewife that I saw that actually liked it was Jenna Lyons. And I believe after that, Brandy from Dallas. You guys remember Brandy, the redhead, who is also not on the network anymore. So let me go to Leah McSweeney's um, post. Let's see if she kept her comments on because as of yesterday, oh yeah, she definitely did her comments on. Um, 
I'm going to share my screen with you guys and let's read this out loud for those that are listening to um, to this only. Okay, let me make it bigger. This is not a story I ever thought I would be telling. In fact, I was petrified to speak on it and was warned not to. Today, my attorneys filed a lawsuit in the U- U.S. District's Court of the Southern District of New York, say that 10 times, against my former employees. Your favorite Bravo shows are run by people who create a dangerous work environment, encourage substance abuse to artificially create drama, and cynically prey on the vulnerabilities of their employees. Some of the stories and incidents that are detailed in the lawsuit have been shown in edited form on TV or reported in media, but many have not. And there will be much more that comes out once the people involved are questioned under oath. Today, I'm taking back my reality. There's something wonderful about the concept of reality TV, that millions of people you've never met can laugh with you, cry with you, empathize with, and root for you. But the reckless and diabolical way in which people at top drool over the mishaps and misfortunes of the women, including myself, are disturbing. It's a workplace culture where toxicity, alcoholism, and pain are not only expected, but encouraged and facilitated. That is something I most definitely did not sign up for, nor would I ever endorse. Well, maybe I should have done some more research, Leah. Okay, then she's talking about how sobriety is the most important thing, and she's been very transparent about her addiction. She loves a lot of the Bravo talent, um, but she does help. She does hope that this lawsuit helps reality TV to align with its true purpose to authentically depict the complexities of life. Exactly like you struggling with your sobriety. That to me is a big story. While offering genuine support to those who share their stories, she said that she has been um, dismissed, stonewalled, and gaslit. But actually, at every turn since, what does that mean? Gaslit, but ever, but actually, like, did they light her on fire? And I just didn't know. Is that does that have to do with the tiki torches? Bravo can try to manipulate my reality and others all they want, but the cold hard facts of this case are as real as it gets. Okay, I will see you in court. Some of the comments, of course, are strong. She says, Elise says, I want to sue you for ruining real, real houses of real of New York. I have to like that. Um, a lot of people, I agree, but you knew all of this and came back for the ultimate girls trip. Make it make sense. Polly says, Audra says, Leah, I'm sorry, but you're an adult. No one forced you to drink. You're a grown up who then went on a second season and a girls trip. And then Carissa says, Sheena, James, Lala, Candy, Luann, Margaret, Gina, Kyle, all sober, all very successful. You'd obviously seen the show before you went on. You knew they all drank and the events were filmed at bars and cocktail parties. You put yourself in that situation. I love you and I love all you've accomplished, but this feels like you're blame blame shifting some. Brandy, of course, says, we are not expendable. We are strong women and even stronger together. Time to take our power back. Um, One of the really most uh, interesting comments that I saw is... um, I wish I could find it. I don't know where where it is, but it was someone that wrote, I am someone that is sober um, for many, many years. Um, I wish I could find it. I can't find the, the, the comment, but essentially they were saying, I've been sober for many, many years and I am also um, 
really against this lawsuit. This doesn't make sense to me. Like I choose my own sobriety and I have control over my own sobriety. And if I do drink, it's not because anyone has forced me into it, even if they're asking me or begging me or putting it around me at not ad nauseum. It's because I choose to drink. So let's make some, you know, let's take some personal accountability. She and Tom need to go to the accountability class here. Really upsets me. Um, okay. I, I hope I read you guys are leaving crazy comments. I have 450 people in this live. Thank you so much. Love you. So I just want to make sure that I'm I'm not missing anything important. But I want to share with you what Kiki Monique posted because she said, you know, a lot of people are jumping with this like cocaine comment, but this is actually what Leah is suing um, Bravo for. And I'm curious your thoughts. I had some. So let's go to it. Hold on. What is Leah actually suing Andy Cohen and Bravo for? Because the headlines about Andy partying with Bravo Lebs are great for salacious headlines. But this really comes down to an employee suing their employer for discrimination, harassment, and creating a hostile work environment. You go to the causes of actions. It goes to 34, but I think there's actually only 29 because for some reason it jumps from cause of action 22 to cause of action 28. So for some reason, there's five causes of action missing. So I think there's actually 29, but I went through all of them and here's what it boils down to. Causes of action one through 16 are all based on discrimination, harassment, and a hostile work environment based on the following impairments that Leah says she had, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and alcohol use disorder. She claims that the defendants that were named failed to provide reasonable accommodations for her disabilities and that they did not cast her on Roni Reboot or Roni Legacy Girls Trip because of her disability. And therefore, she has suffered financial losses, undergone emotional distress, loss of reputation, humiliation, and says she will continue to suffer irreparable injuries as a result. She also says that the hostile work environment caused her to suffer thoughts of taking her own life and caused her to become institutionalized in a psychiatric facility. Leah is also claiming religious discrimination because she converted to Judaism, which was well-documented, and that when she was on Girls Trip, that the cast meals were prepared in pork products and she wasn't able to partake. And she claims that they refused to accommodate and that she was forced to starve while on the trip. Leah also alleges that she was discriminated against and a hostile work environment was created due to her sex and gender, claiming that crude comments were made about her genitalia and breasts, which made her feel demeaned, and also saying that Andy would comment about her boob job. Now, these causes of actions, 1 through 16, are all discrimination, harassment, and hostile work environment statutes. Okay. And it goes on. Make sure to follow The Talk of Shame Kiki Monique, she's amazing. She has great insight in a lot of these things. She's a legal, like she's, I don't know if she actually has like a a degree or anything in law, but she covers all the cases. She was in The Housewife and The Hustler Part 2. She's on Reality Checked on Radio Andy once a week. Okay. Or twice a week, maybe. I don't know. Maybe just once a week. To me, it sounds like rubbish. Do I think it's true? Some of the things like, do I think that she was mentally struggling after doing Real Housewives of New York? Absolutely. Do I think maybe she did go through depression and she struggled from it? Yes. But whose fault is this? Now, when you have a child star, a child actor, like if Portia from uh, Beverly Hills, Kyle's daughter, if Portia comes out and sues in two years, five years, whatever, then maybe we have a conversation because she was forced into a show like this to, to air her entire childhood and then be on camera when her parents are announcing their divorce. 
at the end of the day, that is when you feel like, wait, she didn't have a choice in the matter whenever you hear child actors. But when you have adults, a mother, she is old enough to make her own decisions. If I decide right now, yes, I'm not only going to audition for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, meet with them or New York many times, multiple times. You guys, this is not just like a one and done thing. Bethany suggested Leah, right? And someone said, really good. I forget who said this. Someone said over here, um, Ray, you said maybe she should sue Bethany for recommending her to the show. Seriously. Maybe she should sue her mom for having her because her mom gave birth to her which is why she ended up growing up and then going on that show. Like, I'm sorry, are you going to sue the cab driver that drove you to the audition? Like enough, enough. Take personal responsibility and realize that while you're embarrassed and humiliated over your behavior on these shows, and I'm sorry, you should be Leah because Leah was unhinged and unwatchable, negative and depressing to watch fine, then, then that is it. Okay. I think a few things can be true. Bad work environment, unhealthy work environment. Yes. But unless you were personally, you know, sent those pictures that you're claiming, if Andy Cohen took cocaine and forced it up your nose or alcohol or drugged your drink or poured water in your, in your, I mean, vodka in your water bottle. This is a choice. We saw Leah order drinks, right? Now, another thing is, you know, uh, we're going to talk about this in a second. Moon says, so because Andy is gay, is he getting a pass about always commenting on their boobs, wanting to have a threesome with some of the guests? So being gay gives you a pass as the boss creator and host of the show. No one is giving him a pass. No one is saying once again, because this is the problem. You can't, two things can be true, you guys. No one is saying Andy Cohen is is completely like, you know, a perfect man here. He's he's clearly crossed the line with a lot of these things, but it's 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 hard to take it seriously when it's connected to a lawsuit like this one. Also, let's talk really fast about the um and by the way, the fact that he's gay in terms of the threesome with with Kate Chastain and Brandy, yes, in a way it like shows that it's not a serious um conversation, it's more just in jest. But no, because you're gay, you don't get a pass at sexually harassing women. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I've said at all. Now, I will say this really fast. Let's talk about the Jewish comment and about the pork, because I had to actually burst out laughing over this one. This one, this is taking it too far. Leah, thank you, to, thank you for converting, but we don't need that kind of energy, Okay. Listen, just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you eat, you don't eat pork. Did you guys know that? A lot of Jews don't eat pork, but just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you don't eat pork. It's not like a necessary thing. It's a kosher style of eating. I eat pork. I eat bacon. I eat pork chops. I eat pork roast. I'll eat pork. No problem. Pork meatballs, whatever. I have no problem with it. I love pulled pork. In fact, pulled pork is actually pulled pork from butcher box. Guys, one of the best things I've ever eaten. In fact, maybe I'll make that for dinner. Um, secondly, you're telling me that there is religious discrimination 
because, and when I heard that first, like when Kiki said, she believes she had religious discrimination against her because she converted to Judaism. And, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, did they say mean comments about her being Jewish? Were they anti-Semitic? Did they call her names? Did they say, did they make like, you know, did they draw a swastika? I'm thinking, oh no, they offered bacon. <laughs> they gave pork options for dinner. I would like to be at that meal to know what was really on the menu. Because I have a hard time believing that on girls' trip with all of those women, the only option was pork. There's no way. A lot of people don't eat red meat. A lot of people don't eat pork. A lot of people don't like fish. I'm sure I've been on productions, like at production sets, there's probably a, a multitude of food. So because bacon or pork chops or whatever the hell you were offered in one meal, it's religious discrimination. How low can you go? How desperate can you go? Ah, oh, can't handle it. So I'm curious with, um, I'm curious with, uh, what's it called? Bethany, what she's going to say. I know she's excited by this. This is just, Andy is, is making no mention of it. I'm sure Andy does cocaine. I'm sure this is alleged, by the way, I have no personal knowledge. I'm sure Andy does drugs. I'm sure Andy drinks a lot. I'm sure Andy goes and crosses the line with his appropriate, inappropriate behavior with who he considers his friends, which are the housewives. And he is friends with a lot of these women, okay? He's made mistakes probably to trust some of these women who he shouldn't be trusting, clearly. But, like, I don't know. I'm not offended by, like, sexual inappropriateness sometimes. I'm really not. If it's done in jest, I'm the most inappropriate. That's probably why I'm not offended. I, I mean, I can't say the word nut without laughing. So I personally, you know, I'm probably not the best judge of character when it comes to these things because I like that kind of humor with, fit, with safe people, with my friends, you know? So, so I don't know, guys. I don't know. But it's reaching. It's give it's giving a reach to me. It's like, does your does your arm hurt from all that reaching type of moment? That's what she said is my is literally it's it's I should tattoo it on my on my body. But I'm Jewish, can't tattoo religious discrimination. <laughs> um, there was some sort of article that you guys are mentioning in the comments about Kathy Griffin. I saw that too. Kathy Griffin claimed Andy Cohen offered her cocaine before Watch What Happens Live years prior to this lawsuit. Listen, Andy Cohen is, Kathy Griffin hates Andy Cohen, okay? Kathy Griffin despises Andy Cohen because of the whole Anderson Cooper, CNN, Donald Trump joke. I'm not getting into that. She obviously really doesn't like her, like him. So in 2017, when all of this was, stuff was happening, she said um, she went into uh, onto Twitter and said, you guys know I'm no prude, but uh, I thought he was kidding the first time that he privately asked me in an office in the production company area if I wanted to do blow. She says, just so you know, Jimmy Kimmel or Seth Meyers never asked me to do blow before going on their show. No one from The View has ever asked me to do blow before the show. Maybe they should. So people start watching that show. I hate the view. Like I said, do I think he's like the, you know, the epi epitome of a stand-up human being? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. 
We got to move on for time purposes, although I could talk about this forever. And if anything new comes out. Oh, another thing that I saw was that um, Andy Cohen like vehemently denies the charges. A representative for him last night said, like, this is absolutely not the case. It's not happening. Like, she needs to shut it. Who knows? Okay, we have to move on. We have to talk just because that would be insane if I didn't mention Vanderpump Rules and the Tahoe trip. And let me just tell you guys, we we have a serious problem. Code red, I'm going to sue. Bravo, I'm about to sue you for putting me through Vanderpump Rules season 11. When I tell you, this is a show that is, you're so sweet, you guys. This is a show that is unwatchable. What are we doing? Please don't at me that I'm being really negative. And if you do believe I'm being really negative, I'm going to sue you. But it, uh, let me just tell you, this is a show about a group of strangers <laughs> picked to live in a house in Lake Tahoe, have their lives filmed and, and annoy the shit out of us. No one likes each other. No one wants to be with each other. Even Graham slash Hippie, the dog, doesn't like his life. No one wants to be there. Graham is going to sue James for putting him back on the show. Okay? No one is enjoying this show. If you are, please tell me. I would like to know. We're on the Sandoval Redemption Tour, which is annoying because we all know that where we are right now in February of 2024, he has not redeemed himself. So we're watching A Stairway to Nothing. Like, it's one thing if we know that now, today, he's a better person and we're watching him get there. But we were watching him get there knowing that he's not there. Okay, everyone still hates him in 2024. Like, he still is an idiot in 2024. So we're watching all these scenes of him crying and being hysterical and whatever to lead to nothing. And I'm not a huge, I'm not a big fan of saying everyone should be against Sandoval. I'm, I'm okay. I believe in redemption. I believe in making mistakes and getting, you know, getting um, a second chance. So I actually personally wish that we saw a better side of him because I would love for him to be redeemed. I really would. But this is not it, right? This is not it. Like we're watching him just like, oh, they're, they're talking to me. It's amazing. Now we have to talk for five seconds about quite possibly one of the most annoying characters on TV, and this is worse than ever, and that is Sheena Shea. There is something about her and Brock in this season that is quite possibly, it, it's like my skin crawls. And it sucks because Sheena Shea is talking about something that's very relatable. Postpartum anxiety. Struggling leaving your kid with a new nanny. Um, babysitters. Time with your with your husband, whatever. If only she wasn't so hard to watch. The scene where she's trying on bathing suits and gets into a huge fight with Brock, which by the way, I knew all about that scene because someone leaked it to me months ago. It was on Montana in Santa Monica and they were shopping and they got in a huge fight. I had heard it was about the mom, but I guess it was kind of about the mom, but it was more about why can't we let anyone else stay? But Brock did make some comments along the lines of like, your mom, um, your mom, um, something along the lines of, you know, your mom has made you this way and she's making it worse, which I was like, oh God, this is just bad. You never want to like talk about someone's mom in that way. Right. Um, when she was trying on a bikini and when I tell you, Sheena Shea is a small girl, but in real life, you guys, she's the size of this pencil pen. 
She's short, she's petite, and she's very thin. And she was already there. You can see it. When she grabs what is a non-existent skin, grabs it, and says, you know, I wish I could get rid of this. Did all of America cringe or was that just in my house? Like every single woman out there was like, you, you've got to be joking me, right? Like you can feel all those things. A lot of people struggle with their self, um, their, their own body, you know, and how they feel or whatever. But to say it on camera was a little bit like, ooh, you know, that word relatable, that wasn't relatable. I mean, it was relatable to struggle. It just not in that body, right? She's annoying, you guys. She's annoying me. She's annoying me the way she talks to Brock. Brock is annoying me the way he talks to her. Brock's freaking Speedo in that Tahoe trip took me out. It took me out and didn't take me out for a nice ride, right? It took me out to like the morgue. Thank goodness we didn't see a lot of Katie in this week's episode. We saw a long drive. It was so weird. We saw Katie and Ariana driving around town forever, but like not going anywhere, talking about something about her. I remember Ariana wearing that outfit and they filmed them outside of something about her talking to whether it was a designer or like a real estate person or someone about the show. I mean, about something about her. So I don't know why we didn't see that scene. We're probably going to see it in a future episode. But like they're driving around aimlessly just talking about something about her, but they're not going anywhere. Did you guys find that a little strange? Did they go anywhere and I just missed it? Why aren't they going to something about her? Why aren't they showing us what is going on? I mean, Ali Bally, James' girlfriend, is the only like watchable person, the person that doesn't trigger you to the point of like, oh, but that being said, love her. Boring, boring. Boring. Is the storyline, how are the cat and, and the dog going to get along? Like, take me, take me, cowboy, take me away to a far, far, far away land. I don't want to be there. Not interested. We go to Tahoe, finally. Um, and the most interesting and the best part of the whole entire show was watching Ken pass out in the private jet. Graham, hippie, hippie Graham, gets on the private jet and all of a sudden, you know, they're filming them on this private jet and you see a clip of Ken, which really is Ken's natural state, which is like, I believe Ken is always this way. He's, it's a little weekend at Bernie's and then they just like recharge him for every single time he has to have a scene in his hands of all in the jacuzzi. Like this, passed out. The flight to Tahoe is 14 seconds from Los Angeles. Like, how do you have time to fall asleep? The Lisa Vanderpump is taking all these photos and videos with wolves. As were those real wolves? Why did they just look like huskies to me? Like, I feel like those dogs that she took photos of, gorgeous photos, gorgeous animals. They look like the dogs that someone walks outside of my house every day. Now, is he walking wolves? Like, are we, do we have wolves in our neighborhood? Because I swear it looked like a husky. I'm going to sue Bravo for misrepresenting animals to me. You guys tell me, am I wrong? Finally, um, Tom Sandoval is on his redemption tour. He decides to have some conversations with James. Um, 
at this dinner. Uh, I don't even know where to go with it. James was like, I used to look up to you, man. I used to think you were my best, uh, my best friend. You're the most trusted man, Sandoval. Now I can't trust you. He and Aisha should hang out. Amazing. I can't trust you, Sandoval. And then, you know, Sandoval's like, I know, man. I know. Sandoval freaked out when he saw Graham. Did you guys notice that? Graham comes running down the stairs and Sandoval's like, is is Rachel here? That's all he cares about. In these moments, Sandoval is obsessed with Rachel. You can tell he was still so in love with her. I can't believe Raquel Rachel left Sandoval. Like, I'm actually in shock about it still. Let's see. Did anything else interesting happen in this entire episode? Tom Schwartz drank copious amounts. That's all we kept seeing is Tom Schwartz drinking. If I was at a restaurant and I saw Lisa Vanderpump, who was coming in to open a new restaurant right around the corner from my restaurant, and you know she's going to take all the business, and she brings in her camera crew and 20 people and makes them all go, oh, howl at the moon like wolf, I would say, no, don't use my restaurant to to promote your restaurant, Lisa. It's like restaurant wars. She probably owns that restaurant too, let's be honest. In the moment, um, at that dinner, she did ask James, in the most uncomfortable thing that only like a grandmother would do, Lisa Vanderpump, really, are we that desperate for conversation? Oh, James, James, tell us one thing that you would like about Sandoval, huh? One thing. Come on, James. Come on, one thing. James goes, uh, Lisa, this is, this is awkward. Yeah. You know what? It was awkward for all of us. The entire episode was awkward for all of us. When Tom Sandoval was taking a hammer to the wall and mentioning Lala and mentioning Scandoval and mentioning Worm with a Mustache. He should have mentioned like Liam McSweeney also, by the way, just, just like throwing it in there. I'm thinking to myself, I, I'm going to sue myself. I'm about to sue myself. I'm looking in the mirror and, and serving myself because I'm putting myself through hell. Like, this is hell. We've officially reached Vanderpump hell. So I don't know how long this is going to actually happen that I'm going to be able to watch this because I'm finding myself angry. Do you guys want to watch Daily Dose of Anger? Daily dose of like fun. We'll have to see. Anyway, you guys, I love you. I appreciate you. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please take Vanderpump rules away. Have a great Wednesday. See you guys tomorrow. Bye. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 